0: Mad Mom. Mom. Welcome to the Journal of the Madman podcast interview edition. Today's guest is the inspiring, and gracious, and knowledgeable Bethan Thomas. Bethan is one of the founders of one of my favourite brands for mamas, Hot Tea Mama. We talk how Bethan got into such a niche industry and how she juggles life as a mother and an ever-growing business owner we also have real talk on why marriage just isn't for her and it's not that important remember to like follow subscribe and remember to tell at least one friend about this deep dive into the inner workings of a mama's thoughts fears and truth right let's get into it enjoy Hi, Bethan. How are you?
1: Hi, Kaylee, I'm good.
0: How are you? I'm really good. Thank you so good. much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate oh. it. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, so let's get cracking because I think we've okay. got so much to talk about because I am yeah. obsessed with your business for starters. It's seen me through so many things through pregnancy oh. and being a mom. So thank you. for. Oh, no, here. I think
1: it's the nicest thing about our business is that because we're kind of trying to support women through some of the most difficult but amazing times of our lives and tea is such a lovely support that I do often think it's quite nice to think that when you're weaseling away on an excel spreadsheet or something that the end result is that someone has a nice a cup of tea when they need it most yeah. um, a little moment but yeah <laughs>
0: definitely so can we have a little breakdown of who you are family situation how many children you have what you do for a living just yeah.
1: just that So I am Bethan. I am uh, soon to be 40, not quite 40, but um, I'm just going to say I'm 40 because then it will make the transition easier in a couple of months. Um, I live in Oxford with my partner and we have two children, um, Keris and Hector, who are seven and five. Um, So, yeah, I didn't grow up around here. I grew up in Birmingham, but uh, I've spent a lot of time living overseas and then settled yeah in oxford which is lovely
0: so what
1: what for anybody who doesn't know what is your business um my business is called hot tea mama and we make teas to support women's wellness so kind of from pms and periods to pregnancy breastfeeding um, motherhood sleep um, and menopause so trying to kind of give a functional tea that is both delicious and comforting um, to support the different issues um that me and my business partner Kate who's a very good friend of mine um faced kind of through through our lives basically. So you said that you lived um overseas quite a lot what yeah. was that? <clears throat> so I have lived in China Mm. I don't know why I said overseas because it's only China <laughs> um but yeah when I graduated from uni originally I moved to Shanghai I got a job um over there working in marketing and I kind of never fully left I did keep leaving but I kept going back um and I studied ended up studying Chinese as a master's degree um and I wrote my thesis about uh the Chinese tea trade which is how I kind of Got interested in tea when I was living um, over in China and then I started working for tea companies and as a result spent a lot of time in China um, and ended up living there finally before we decided we want to have kids. Um, I went over working for the tea company I was at, at the time to set up a Chinese office for them um, but also to study tea science. Um, so I got a degree in tea science from an agricultural university um, in Fujian which is kind of the origin of tea. It's where tea was first discovered and grown and cultivated. Um, So, yeah, I love China, love Chinese food, love Chinese tea. And it's kind of informed a lot of what the business is about, because I've used my kind of tea knowledge um, and the biochemistry and Chinese medicinal knowledge as well um, that I got while I was living over there. That is so interesting. It's a bit random, but yes, um, it's niche but I have my niche and I love it. <laughs> so how did you, was a Kate you said you've got the business yes. with? So how did you yeah. and Kate come to work together then? So um, it always makes me laugh to think of it because she originally had the idea for the business. So we met when we were at uni um, in Oxford. And um, at that point we did not have children, um, but um, her husband and my partner were very good friends. And we stayed in touch when we graduated and all that kind of stuff. But they moved to America. Um, they're from Australia originally. And, um, yeah, I moved to China. And then eventually, like, years later, we came back together. Um, but Kate, um, at that point, had um, had two babies in the space of a year. So, yes very close together and she did she always used to kind of write to me and ask oh is this safe to drink um I've got really bad morning sickness is there anything that can help um and I wasn't I didn't have kids at the time so I was just answering her questions but I was very much on my own kind of life path and not thinking too much about it and when she moved back to Oxford and I moved back to Oxford um yeah she said to me um i just had my baby Keris. And she apparently, I do not remember this, but she apparently said, look, why is no one running a business that makes teas for women in pregnancy? Because, you know, I think a, it's a brilliant gift. You know, it could be really supportive with all the issues that you face. You can't drink a lot of caffeine. You can't eat and drink a lot of all the stuff that you want. And tea is such a good friend. I have no memory of her saying this to me whatsoever. Cause I was in like the deepest, darkest, um funk of becoming a new mum and um i did struggle very much at the kind of 30 year really of Keris's life it was just such a huge transition and change that i don't remember a lot of anything anyone said to me um but yeah she's insistent that she did but it didn't progress um, I got pregnant again, um, kind of a year and a half on, um, and she mentioned it then. And I did remember. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, Kate, I think that's a really good idea. Um, so I was very lucky to have a really supportive boss at the tea company that I work for. And I said, look, I don't think there's a conflict or anything because it's such a different market. Is it OK? My friends have this idea if we kind of progress it. And, um, yeah, it went from there very much a passion project side hustle part-time obviously I was pregnant with Hector then I had Hector um, uh, but we just kind of I think if you just keep taking steps forward once you've had an idea that you think a really good one you just sort of inevitably progress a little bit and it was very slow but within the kind of next two years we kind of felt like there was enough of business there people were buying the tea we were growing a really lovely community on instagram of mums specifically um and yeah it kind of did well covid then hit Mm -hmm. um and we were quite lucky that because we'd been focused online um we actually grew rather than shrinking um and yeah we're able to make it a proper full-time business um, and at that point, again, um, you know, Kate's sisters and, and some of my best friends are all in their mid 40s. They were starting to go through perimenopause or hit the perimenopause. And we felt like tea could be as supportive to women with their periods and with menopause as it is in pregnancy. So we extended the range at that point, um, yeah, to cover the whole of womanhood. And yeah, we've just grown it from there. And now we're stocked in Holland and Barrett nationwide which is very exciting that was this year um and yeah will uh the, some of the teas are going into selfridges in january i think i'm allowed to say that it's gonna That's prove. so exciting yeah one of our gift sets is in jojo mama bebe um what well, this so... gift set <laughs> have you got it right there yes that gives <laughs> that <laughs> got um, it yeah um So no, it's been really nice. So we're kind of, we're still a very small business, uh, but it's me and Kate still. Kate now moved back to Australia. Um, So she's sort of uh, setting up a business for us over there. And um, in the UK, we have a lovely team of um, just three women who are all kind of working to try and get Hot Tea Mama well known and out there in the world. So it's good.
0: Oh, I just buzz off it I don't know why because I think I love tea so much oh me too and, and it's so tasty like it isn't like we've all had some like um flavored teas where they're just not tickling your pickle where yeah. the every single one is like oh this is what I need this yeah and is I think what I
1: need and particularly when the kind of the reason we made the teas and the functions they're meant to have, like if you have really bad PMS or you're struggling to breastfeed or you're really heavily pregnant and you want to drink raspberry leaf um, to prepare for labor. Well, actually, raspberry leaf is disgusting on its own. And I found all my friends were like knocking back this kind of bitter, horrible drink because they would heard it's good for them. I was like, it doesn't have to be horrible. If you blend it with the right, other ingredients it could be delicious and um yeah still have the benefits for you so yeah I was kind of very passionate that when you're going through these kind of slightly horrible experiences yes tea can help you but a lot of the tea that was out there tasted repulsive mm. um and yeah it's nice to hear you say that because we worked really really hard to try and make sure that even though some of the herbs we use do have unusual flavours um and their benefits link to their unusual flavours uh that we can still blend them with other ingredients that also have benefits that um can make them taste nice.
0: So have you Mm. always wanted to be a man then?
1: I don't know so I think I always knew I'd like to have kids but it certainly wasn't I wasn't in my 20s in any way thinking about children. Like I was very um, adventurous, I think. And uh, my dad had always worked abroad a lot when I was a kid. Um, he missed 11 of my first 13 birthdays because <laughs> he was abroad. Um, so, and he spent long periods of time, like, you know, two to three months. He's a water engineer, so he was on sewage plants, but in very exotic locations like Mauritius and uh, Guiana and places. But he very much, I think, inspired me and my brother, because my brother lives in Sweden, um, permanently. He's got a Swedish passport, he's never coming back. Um, And both of us, I think, were very concentrated on that when we were quite young, of like, well, let's go and see the world and have some adventures. But then, yeah, when I met Jake, I knew, I guess I'm a bit unusual, I never wanted to get married. I always, my mum always said that even as a kid, my friends would be planning like drawing wedding dresses and like, making up weddings, and I discovered what eloping was. And I said, "Well, if I have to get married, I'll elope, and I won't wear a dress." <laughs> and I, yeah, that that continued like that wasn't a phase. Um, and I was lucky to meet someone who felt the same way about marriage that you know we very, very much wanted to have kids, but um, just skip skip that part. Um, so I think it shocked some people when we had Keris, because we hadn't, we were both Jake works abroad a lot as well. Um, and yeah, a lot of people were like, Oh, did you mean was that an accident? You know, those awful things people say to you yeah. when they think they're being um nice. I was like, no, she's very, yeah, very much planned. Um, but just planned in our in our kind of unique way. Um so yeah, I definitely, from the time I met Jake, I think I knew that I'd like to have kids with him, but it hadn't been like a driving force in my life. Why
0: um, did you not want to get married then? What,
1: what was that about? It's never been bothered, to be honest, Kayleigh. I'm not religious. So I, I, I love other people's weddings, but I absolutely hate um, social events where I am the centre. So I never have like people are like what are you do if you're 40th and I'm like I'm not having a party <laughs> like <laughs> um so I think I'm personality type wise some of the things you know obviously being married is not about a wedding but for some people it's you know it's a real benefit of getting married or the driving factor yes um that was never there for me I can't imagine anything worse if we do ever get married if there's a legal reason you know I'd, I'd marry him at the drop of a hat if we were going to be separated for some reason but we've just never had that um be an issue um so yeah I don't I can't really define why it doesn't matter to me but I just never felt like a bit of paper would prove anything differently and again like my sister-in-law would say she doesn't feel she wouldn't have felt like they were a real family if she didn't have the same surname mm. as as her husband but if we ever were to get married I'd never change my name I am Beth and Thomas like we are the McKnights like that's fine I'm all right with that but um yeah like I love my name and I love but I think uh, all the things that some people feel are important have just never felt that important to me. The main thing is that we love each other, that we're committed to each other and that we're going to spend our life together. And yeah. I don't require a marriage certificate to know that or to live my life in that way.
0: I just love that. I, I agree with the name thing. I love being a Laverick. I yeah. love like it's such a good of us. It's such a good name gorgeous name Kaylee yeah. Laverick but professionally, I wish and I've said this to Dale because I was going to change it back about oh, a really? year and a half into our wedding into yeah. our marriage. I was like I think I'm gonna go back to Kaylee Gage and he was like no and I was like I know but people people don't know who I am as Kaylee Laverick right he was yeah, like because
1: you've built up uh-huh. and especially yeah. my
0: past um career as a performer, Kaylee Gage was my name yeah. and there's still people that don't know that Kaylee Gage is Kaylee Laverick so it's like oh okay yeah. yeah same person so now well he said Kaylee, you can't go back because people think we've got a bloody divorce you daft cow they were they would, they would yeah. and I was
1: like
0: yeah I just wish I'd really thought about like professionally Kaylee Gage but legally Kaylee Laverick um yeah. but I do I love I love that you know, we've just been on t- in Tenerife and the four of us are the Lavericks. Lavericks come this way, and that I think both of our parents married, not a divorce. You know,
1: we come from like strong foundations yeah. in that well, we're, sense. We're exactly the same. Jake's, yeah. Jake's mom died when he was quite young, but his dad never remarried, and like when he talks about, you know, Maria, that there's so much love there. There's clearly Mm. an extremely strong marriage. My mum and dad are blissfully, happily married. Um, But my brother's gay. And I don't know if some of that experience when I was younger and then him, I mean, he's been with his partner for over 20 years. So um, they have an extremely strong relationship. But I think maybe I saw him having a strong relationship in a non-conventional way and not having any less, actually having a better relationship than many other people who I saw get married. Um, yeah, and not think about it. But I think it was quite, it wasn't hard for my grandparents, but one of my cousins is very similar to me. She hasn't got married and she's got kids and she's been with her partner for an extremely long time. And my grandpa would always just say, I just don't know, you know, Wouldn't you like to get married? Um, But no, no, I wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) So um,
0: what was your childhood like? You said that your dad worked away a lot. Yeah. Um,
1: What was the dynamics at home? My mum was both amazing and absolutely mental (laughs) in that he went away once for three and a half months. And she kept our dinner time to the time that he would have got home from work so that when he got back, it wasn't disruptive for him. Now, she's not. Well, I say for him, that's my perception of it. It was obviously for her. But I was just like, she was basically a single parent and a working single parent. She's a speech therapist and she um she worked in schools um the whole of my childhood so that she could have the school holidays um with us, which was lovely. But it meant it was a lot of hard work for her, you know, during term. And yeah, she was so on it. And she had us do, you know, activities. There was no activity that we didn't do really. Every day of the week it was either hockey or ping pong club. And Saturday we did drama school and Sunday there were hockey matches and she was just and it was all on her and obviously as a child you idolize you know I think I certainly idolized my daddy you know who wasn't there you fall over and you're like I want my daddy which must have been heartbreaking for my mum who was picking up absolutely every bit of slack and then also making her life more difficult in order to make our lives and my dad's life better um when he was around. Um, Yeah, she just, I didn't appreciate it in any way whatsoever until I had children, but she was incredible. Um, And yeah, they say you sort of recreate your own um, family situation, don't they? And that now I have a partner who has to go away for work and he doesn't go for months at a time, uh, but he'll go for three to four weeks on average when he goes away. Um, and there's no way I would, like, <laughs> do anything that made my own life more difficult while he's away. I'd rather, like, have an argument with him when he gets back. Um, I think it's because yeah, we but, know the benefits of putting our
0: self-worth first as well yeah. now, whereas our parents' age, you know, it
1: was everything at the sacrifice of themselves. Yeah. And I think for my mum as well, like, um, they my dad's an engineer and my mum's a speech therapist like we were very um a very secure kind of childhood but in no way like a mega wealthy childhood mm-hmm. so I remember all our holidays were to youth hostels in the UK which I loved and um, you've got bunk beds like all the time um but actually when I look back at it you know I remember them sitting after we'd done things and properly budgeting and um yeah i never had any awareness or like concern around anything like that they were just incredible um parents and a great example i guess in the brother both immediately as soon as we could we didn't go travelling we moved to a country and worked in the country because i guess my dad had given us that as a little bit of um inspiration um and then my mum's like work ethic <laughs> And um just general ability to get stuff done. Um yeah, meant that I never really, and again, it's you only look at it retrospectively, don't you? But when I look back at my life, I'm like, well, I never thought I couldn't do anything. Mm. Like when I moved to China to do my tea science degree and work over there, Jake and I had been together, I think probably for about not eight years, nine years. And I mentioned to him that I'd seen that there was this degree at this university in, in China. And I thought I'd write to them and see if I could do it as a foreigner. Um, yeah. Cause I, I
0: imagine not many foreigners are allowed to do that degree.
1: No, no so I, I was the first non Chinese person to do uh. it. And I, I had to do, um, I did a load of like, I got there almost two months early and just did intense language stuff. Cause my language, you know, to have a chat was all right, but not to study biochemistry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was very unusual. And um, Jake has always been incredibly supportive. He said, yeah, of course, that sounds great. Like, why don't you write to them? But he later said he never expected me to actually do it. <laughs> Whereas from the time that he would said, go for it, to me actually talking to the company I was at saying, look, I think I could be really helpful if I was based over there, but can I do it part-time so that I could study? It was probably about six weeks. And he was a bit like, oh, you, you're actually... <laughs> actually doing that (laughs) leaving in two weeks um and i think that comes yeah from having parents who did slightly unusual things and also just did stuff like if you want to do it organize it and do it like there's nothing that isn't doable was always my attitude um yeah i feel very lucky to have had to have had them as parents Although obviously at the time you think your parents are rubbish and their mum was really strict and I didn't want to do all the activities that we were being taken to and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, they were great. Really great.
0: So they basically give you the confidence to achieve anything in life, you and your brother.
1: Well, yeah, I mean that I think me and my brother are both quite humble people as well. But like Owen moved to Sweden so he did his he did a medical started his medical degree in the UK but he'd done a gap year in Sweden and he met his partner not that he told anyone that at the time and um he ended up applying he did a huge spreadsheet and um he showed my mum and dad that if he did the rest of his medical degree in Sweden even though we had to go back a year because they wouldn't let him because he was English as a Swedish as a second language they wanted him to like do an extra year um it would still cost less than if he did that medical training in london like he came up with this full like spreadsheet scenario and he moved over to sweden when he was yeah 21 20 yeah 22 i guess because he did a gap year um and he's never come back and he is a consultant anesthetist <laughs> it, like the best hospital in Sweden all in Swedish you know like because you couldn't just being a doctor isn't hard enough like but again I think he just he would never big himself up but it's pretty amazing Mm. that he did that and yeah I think it wasn't that they made us like uber confident actually I have loads of anxiety and I constantly worry you know that I've made a mistake in an excel spreadsheet and. My business is gonna fail but that doesn't stop me ever trying or doing anything so i think it's maybe it's just sheer bloody mindedness that they gave us (laughs) Um, uh, as opposed to having spent time in oxford you meet a lot of very confident people um and i almost don't ever want to think of myself as confident because they're just awful um (laughs) the level of arrogance some people are given by their parents. Um, I hope we haven't got that. But, yeah, definitely perseverance and... Grit. Yeah. So just not seeing not seeing the obstacles necessarily. Just And, again, it's that whole, like, everything I do, I just do one step forward, one step forward, and try not to have a breakdown along the way. That's my general motto. <laughs> that is the
0: goal in life yes as little (laughs) breakdowns as possible yes yes (laughs) so is there any connections between how you were parented and how you parent
1: yes I think um I didn't think I was particularly strict until I saw how we parent versus other people so there's a few like my mum to be honest looking back obviously mum never bought us new clothes because she couldn't actually afford to buy new clothes like we had a very nice house but they put all their money into our house and then holidays and clothes and things like that they economized a lot on um which is was great to be honest um I now won't buy my children new clothes but because I watched an awful documentary about fashion and how bad a polluter it is. Um and yeah, I just for the last like four years I haven't bought myself or the kids new clothes. But I stick to it quite rigidly. Um and yeah, to a point where sometimes, you know, might end up not making sense (laughs) to do it. But once I've kind of got that and I want them to have those principles. So try and yeah even when they're in the shop demanding a jumper with sequins on. I'm like, sequins will never biodegrade, ever, (laughs) ever. So I will buy you one off eBay that's already been in the supply chain, but I will not do that. And again, like with food, like our kids aren't fussy eaters, but that's because we have very little patience for them. They do try to be fussy, Um, but from a really young age, yeah. Yeah we just said no (laughs) no to fussiness and that seems to have worked so yeah I think general being quite um black and white lines on on things that definitely comes from them um I think we're a lot more it's just a generational thing that we're a lot more loving um and that's that's unfair as well because my parents were very loving but we never said I love you Mm. I think a lot of people didn't, right? Like in the eighties, people just didn't seem to say, I love you as much. (laughs) Um, And definitely as an adult, um, my parents tell me how proud they are of me a lot, but I don't have, maybe it's just that I wiped off the memories, but I don't have as many memories of that as a kid. It was more just like, oh yeah, all right. um, Onto the next kind of thing. And I think we're a lot more um, vocal with our love and um praise um than they are. But in general it's probably a very similar approach. Um yeah, being a little bit unkind sometimes. <laughs> but
0: it's hard like the food thing, because Freddie would eat anything until he was about two. Everything mm. we give him, he would just eat. And then I started allowing them to have the the food at nursery. Ah, uh, okay. And, and it was like, <laughs> oh, what are, what are all these beige things? That's very tasty. You
1: see, maybe that's the only difference because our kids went to preschool where they had to take. We had to give them a packed lunch. Oh, okay. So they yeah they never got to experience school food. The life of month. beige, food, the beige, until they got to actual school. Um, and to be fair, Keris is having a real period at the moment. We made omelettes this morning and she was insisting. Are you all right? Me, Alexa's talking. Oh, no. Alexa, stop. I think she was talking about the weather. <laughs> Do you and me? God's
0: sake.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, Keris is having a really fussy, or trying to be fussy period mm-hmm. at the moment. And she's always loved omelettes. Um and we made omelettes, and she was, she ate virtually all of it, but then there was a bit, and she was like, I don't want to eat I don't like the cheesy bit. Jake was just like, for goodness sake, eat that. And she, like, leaves all her toast so that she can have toast with jam. And he's like, oh, that's fine, you don't need to have, like, jam on your toast. <laughs> like, I didn't think we are quite mean. And she was like, oh, but... Um, but yeah, and I do think it links to school meals and mm. seeing other people not eat and saying they don't like stuff. It's like, you're mad. You've yeah. eaten omelets for, for like six years of your mm-hmm. life. Like, eat eat the omelet. Mm-hmm. It's but hard. I, was, I was really, really fussy as a kid, though. And my mum, again, part of her madness, she massively pandered to my fussiness. Mm. So I said I didn't like sauces. So she would make like a chicken tonight type thing and she would leave all the dry components for me. Like, this is me. And, and she, <laughs> and with my brother, he one day said he didn't like fish so she would cook everybody else fish and then a completely different meal for my brother for like 12 years until he said, oh, can I have some, can I try the fish? And she was like, okay, yeah, here you go. And then, yeah, he's pescatarian now. Because oh, so, <laughs> <laughs> my thought is, I
0: just want them to feck and eat. So, yeah. like, if the stress is I have to cook pasta and sauce separately for Freddie, then I'll get a pan out and I'll and cook know. all the pasta together. Then I'll take some pasta, I'll put that in its own thing with some cheese in while I'm cooking the sauce for everybody yeah. else because I know he's gonna eat it. And I look at my husband. We were never ever fussy eaters. Yeah, answer. well. I just loved everything. And so did my brother. So did my sister. We just ate everything. Whereas Dale, he only tried broccoli about two months ago. Like (laughs) he he was a beige man. His favorite sandwich was ketchup, like a ketchup sandwich. But his sister was an absolute delight to feed. So Eva is an absolute delight. She'll have everything. Yeah. But she's two in May. So I'm like, hold on. Is she going to turn around and say, oh, no, no, I just gonna want send the chicken mind? nuggets? But uh, me and all, because God, it's just so it, the, the joy I get when I see him eating and the joy I get from seeing her just smashing everything. I'm like, yeah. Freddie, just smashing everything? You're yeah. going to feel so much better. But deal. Totally you know eats eats vegetables now and he's 33 so. exactly well,
1: and, and to be fair for me it was moving to China so well university first of all I got a little bit less fussy but like I, I was in a college so they gave you like college food like basically canteen food and you yeah. lived in there like all but one year of uni and I would often just be like oh, I'll just have a scotch egg because it's like play scotch egg and chips So I was still really, really fussy. I grew up in Birmingham and I would never like at the curry, like balty houses, I would insist on having like roast chicken and chips. Um, And they desperately be trying to get me to try something else. And then I moved to China and I didn't speak Chinese when I moved initially um, after university and I got an internship. So I just didn't know what anything was. And I go out with people and they would order, you know, everybody shares Mm. food. So it'd be shares, and I didn't want to annoy everybody by asking what everything was. So it absolutely revolutionised my attitude to food, because I would eat stuff, and then the next day at work, ask the people I've been with, like, oh, what was, I thought I'd have been eating squid one meal. And I was like, can you tell me what the name of that dish was? Because it was so delicious. I want to get it. I'm going to take my parents there, and I want to get that in amongst other stuff I know. And they were like, we didn't have any squid. And I was like, oh, well, it was like, you know, the white long thing it was kind of a bit chewy and crunchy we ate it it was cow stomach um turns out i really like cow stomach (laughs) but because and that happened so often with meals that i just like now i am compared to any adult i know i will eat anything like awful like (laughs) whatever it is like we don't eat a lot of meat um like for environmental reasons now, but like if I'm gonna eat meat, I'll eat whatever you throw at me. Um, and yeah, I kind of look back and I'm like, I think my mum, she had the best of intentions, but like, I'm what was I doing? Like, <laughs> you know, because I know for my a life
0: it would be a week, 10 days of absolute hell, and then mm. he'll probably just eat normally, but it's okay, so. But He's, it. Yeah, he's so slight and so little. Like if he doesn't eat properly for ten days, and he's so active, I don't. Yeah. I'm making excuses, but oh god. Well, but, but also good. like,
1: you know, my mum did the right thing for her in that scenario, and I was absolutely fine. It just makes me laugh when I look back, and I'm like, you know. 45
0: pans on the go yeah that's me Bethan
1: oh Bethan doesn't like sauces what does that mean Bethan doesn't like any sauce of (laughs) any sort um yeah so so yeah I think on a few things like that you kind of look back and I'm like I'm not I'm not having you be like me Karis I don't want you to miss out on 20 years of deliciousness because you decide you don't like the cheesy bit in an omelette like eat it (laughs) um and yet, and our kids are really little. They're like second percentile for height and seventh percentile for weight. I mean, I stopped weighing them when they're about two months old, but they are very little. Um, and again, I think partly I'm like, well, I don't I'm just desperate for them to be good eaters so that I know their littleness isn't like my, you know, malnutrition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, but Keris like she really doesn't. She actually genuinely doesn't really like meat. Although at school she loves the Dolce cheeseburger, um, and a few things like that. So she's like, oh no, I want veggie sausages. I'm like, oh come on, you just ate like a beef burger at school. Oh my god, <laughs> you won't eat a sausage. Come now. Um.
0: So yeah. what was your um pregnancies like? Were they both exactly the same carbon copy, or were they different?
1: Um. So Keris like. I had no issues at all. Um, I got pelvic girdle syndrome towards I hate them, your sister. Which was hideous. Um Didn't but... it just feel
0: like your fan was dislocating.
1: That's how mine felt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like a I, full-on I just, dislocation of the vagina.
1: Well, I just thought I had a sore back. So I started walking everywhere to try and ease it up, which is the polar opposite of what you should do. And it made it crippling to the point that I couldn't walk. And then obviously I went to the doctor and they sent me to like a a sort of group physio session and a few stretches actually sorted me right out. So I wasn't that bad at all. Um, But yeah, no, um, mainly just felt like a sore back for me. But Hector, I was really, really nauseous for the first couple of months and then absolutely fine. Um, But he was breech. um, So I had to have the old um, ECB, ECG external movement thing where they give you the injection to, like, relax all your muscles and then try and whip them round. Now, I've heard that's really uncomfortable. It's not pleasant, Mm. no. Um, I had to use, like, it was... hypno. I found hypnobirthing really helpful in both my um, births, but it was completely useless for that. I was, like, trying my best to, like, breathe and do all Mm -hmm. of that stuff, and, no, it was just not very nice. But he ended up... (laughs) they got him to turn but he ended up with his feet and his hands down so oh. like in like weird they were like well if anything this is worse than <laughs> what it was but he will have to pop one way or the other mm-hmm. in the next 24 hours like there's just it's not physically possible for them to stay in that position so I just had to stay in and luckily he popped the right, right way. way yeah so he came three days later um nor you know, vaginal birth, normal um, delivery. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. But it was hilarious while I was having it done because they gave me all the drugs, tried to, tried to turn them initially, it didn't work. And then a midwife ran in and pulled out the consultant and uh, someone was screaming because it was all on like labor ward that they do it. And uh, he came back in like five minutes later and was like, there is proof that you can have a breech baby naturally. <laughs> Oh my like, god! That woman's been screaming like intensely for like twenty odd minutes. But um, yeah, he just whipped out and delivered a breech baby, and then came back in and second go, it worked um for Hector. But no, they were pretty much carbon coffee, to be honest. Mm-hmm. What were yours like? Um,
0: I had gestational diabetes with Fred. Okay, but I didn't get that diagnosis until twenty. No, thirty-three weeks really late. Wow. So then by thirty-eight weeks, they couldn't I was on metformin the tablets for the insulin and they couldn't manage it. By that point, I would have got injections. But they Mm -hmm. were like, It's thirty-eight weeks. Let's get baby out. Um yeah, so I hypnobirthed, went in on the Monday, and three pessaries later, nothing worked. Mm -hmm. So by the Tuesday night they put the oxytocin in the drip. And then within four hours he was out.
1: Whoa.
0: So that it was funny because um Dale said it was the only it was four hours. It's the only time I've not spoke a word <laughs> in my life. I like just went to this other zone yeah. of, of I I did zen. the same
1: thing. I just like, yeah, I couldn't engage with anyone which was fine like... but I can't remember it it was like it was yeah. like I went
0: somewhere else wow. um and that was great so after that I was just like everybody needs to do hypnobirthing it was the best oh. thing ever um yes yeah. and then with Eva I was just really I was sick the whole way through oh, no. um I just felt hungover every day oh. um then they're just <sighs> I don't feel like I got great care before, but then at 41 weeks I went in to get, I started off because I was just a hot mess and late obviously. And as soon as I was in within 20 minutes, I got told, oh, you've got preeclampsia. We need to get going. And then it just, it just spiraled into this absolute madness. So there was lots of things missing. um, yeah it was awful and I ended up having um emergency section yeah and then started bleeding and they oh, couldn't yeah, control the pre they couldn't yeah. control the bleeding so Dale got kicked oh. out baby got taken somewhere else because she wasn't breathing correctly yeah. um yeah so there was a lot of a lot of things happened that day that as scarred as you know I've dealt with yeah. some PTSD some night terrors um postnatally and it's it's just been a little bit messy and I think because mm-hmm. I didn't expect it because it was my second baby yeah absolutely fine first time around had my friend said a couple of months ago hey, I thought you were more mental with Freddie than you are with Eva <laughs> like because when you're really in a deep dark place you don't Personally, I don't say much yeah. about them things because them things are scary things and them yeah. things are not things that you should say out loud or you might be taken away somewhere. So yeah. I'm so much better now. I've got a therapist um, and Dale's incredible. And I'm, good. I found this mission with Mama Social. You yeah. know, my life beforehand, I think... I don't know if I was bred for that life. Mm. So what I mean by that is from being three years old, all I've ever done is perform in dance. Right. My first professional performance was at 16. So that, it's just fell into place. Like when you pick your options at GCSE, I wanted to do history and geography. Right. But my mum and dad with all amazing like intentions was like, Why? You, you struggle academically because I'm dyslexic, dyspraxic. you like all them crazy things. You, yeah. you struggle academically. You're a dancer and you're head of the athletics team. Just yeah. go and do PE and dance and you'll get A's. So it's like, all right, yeah. So then it was like, oh, maybe I want to go and do some A levels. Well, why? Yeah. You want to perform on the West End. Okay. So why don't you go and do a B-Tech and get triple distinction? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then it was degree. Then it was masters at drama school then then I, I finished performing and got into teaching and every single moment I absolutely loved yeah. I can't say that I didn't enjoy my life I didn't enjoy performing because I did but I also think I never had an opportunity to see if there was anything else I was good at yeah. so then when I put that call to action to anybody finding parent and shit I'm going to be at this point point at this location tomorrow because everything's a fortune when you're, you know, a parent or a new mom or finding it really lonely and isolated. I'll be here, not knowing who was going to turn up. Dale was like, what are you going to do if nobody turns up? I said, still go on me piss and walk because that's all yeah. you do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there was nine mums stood Aww. in the location the next day and it was like, oh, my God, you know, I didn't know most of them. It was friends of friends or... Or yep. brand new people and it just quickly spiraled into something that wasn't just a need for me to get well but a community need yeah and the just the difference between like Freddie and like health visitors for example I was at that Wayne Center every Friday and it turned into That's a insane. a community thing whereas Eva yeah. has she's 18 months now she's been seen by the health visitor. Yeah once she was nine days old the last time she was seen she's never been weighed she's never been visited um they rang me a few months ago to say why she hadn't had her immunizations and I, I literally went down the throat to them because I was like how dare you ring to check about immunizations where have you been
1: yeah and bless her
0: the woman was like, oh I, I, it's not me I'm just being called in <laughs> to ring people I'm so sorry yeah. um and I have got a new health visitor that has set up an appointment um but I'm a little bit like well why now mm. like you know um so I'm absolutely loving this mission that I've found That's to true. help other parents and you know what it hasn't fixed me these walks and these talks and this community that we're building but it by god is it helping you know yeah. um. I'm so positive about everything now. And Eva is literally, if you ever meet her, she is a joy. She is a pleasure. She is the happiest little bean you will ever meet. Yeah. But there's still parts of it that are like, what I experienced bringing you into this world has scared the shit out of us. Like your mortality is put on the slab. Your us as parents go through so many things and us as mothers Mm. even more so we did want three kids we now only want two because it's just there's too much to live for you know when I was in and out of consciousness I was really having this massive scream-a-thon with my own self in my head you're leaving Freddie Get up. You li- and I couldn't think of this baby. I didn't know this baby. All I was thinking about was Freddie. Yeah. And to think that it could possibly be two, that you could possibly leave it. And I know what happened to, happened to me was so, you know, it's one in a million chance. You know, the GP said to me afterwards, you're very lucky for both of you to be here, mm. or at least, you know, one of you to be here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so it all puts everything in a perspective, but I'm just so happy that it happened in a way because then I wouldn't be on this journey. I'd still be teaching dance (laughs) in a studio and living my best life for that moment. But now there's so much more to be doing. The mission is
1: much bigger than, you know, running around a dance studio. It's brilliant that you, yeah, that you've taken that from it. And I do think it's funny being in the kind of parenting or um, well, I'm just general female space, like so around kind of periods and, and menopause kind of businesses as well. That they're often set up by women because of their personal experiences. Mm-hmm. And obviously, hot tea mama is very different from mama social. Like we're much less worthy, but the intention is that we create a product that helps women because we had a slightly rubbish time, not as rubbish. But a difficult time. And I strongly believe that tea can, in its own little way, make things better. Um, plus, we've got company where we can employ mums who don't want to go back to work. I, I really sh- I struggle both leaving work and then also going back to work. Um, and that kind of traditional workforce. Um, which has been slightly changed by COVID, but like not really enough. But I'm like, if we can have a business that is actually genuinely supportive of uh, women um, making a product that is trying to help women, um, it's it makes me really happy. And it's lovely to meet people like you doing a similar thing. And there are lots and lots and lots of other um, women and other businesses and charities doing it as well. It's a bit of a shame that we have to, do it ourselves that no no man ever thought of it um but you live by your own experience exactly so
0: if there was a billboard if you could have a billboard with anything on it
1: what Mm. would it be so it doesn't have to be related to like me at all could just be a billboard about anything
0: that Bethan wants to showcase
1: i think it would just say you're doing a good job because um again working on your own um, or in a small team and leading a small team people don't always tell you if you're doing a good job because there's no one there to like tell you and I am definitely a self kind of doubter Like internally it doesn't affect everything that I do but I spend a lot of my day in my own head presuming everything is um going to fail. So I think I'd have just a billboard of very simple positivity because a lot of people, no matter what you're doing, feel that way, that you're not meeting expectations or you're not doing a good enough job on XYZ. But the truth is, um, I think it's only in very rare occasions that you're really not, we're just our own worst enemies. Um so I would have a billboard to try and tell everybody in really bright colours um, as my jumper and hot tea Mama branding. <laughs> shows I like a bright colour so just to try and bring a bit of cheer because we're all doing a better job than we think we are 100%
0: Mm. is there anything that you would have liked to have done before you were a parent
1: no so I do think that I yeah I was very selfish in my 20s you know, I remember leaving for Shanghai when I was 21 and turning around as I went through the gate. My mum was in floods of tears. Like she never showed that until that point. But thinking, oh, she's she's sad I'm leaving and partly being like, oh, maybe I should be worried that I'm, <laughs> I'm moving to a country I've never been to before. And I don't know about anybody there. But I did, you know, I did a lot. had a lot of adventures with purpose that links to having a really great career, meeting a wonderful person spend the rest of my life with um and lovely, lovely friends along the way. So no, I think the only regrets I kind of have are things like not being nice enough to my mum when I was a teenager. Oh,
0: we're like all
1: that. we're all
0: in guilty of that.
1: Yeah, rather than um regretting not having done something or feeling like I should have achieved yeah. something else. Like actually I have a really niche job, but I achieved quite a lot in it. Um mm-hmm. And, yeah, personally, personal life-wise, I love where I am um, and where I was before I became a parent, so, yeah. If you could have one wish for the kids, what would yeah. it be? Um, That we can turn back the climate crisis in some way for them so they actually have a world to live in. Um, I have a lot of faith and trust, hopefully, that they've been born in the right country to get a lot of opportunities, but um, the major issue for their lives is whether we've got a livable world, um, which is quite a depressing thing to say. So, yeah, I would wish, yeah, for them that our generation... I think it's probably too late to go fully back, but that we can at least manage it so that they can have as pleasant a life as we have and have children without worrying about whether their children will have an ever-worsening um, situation on the planet.
0: Yeah.
1: What's your one wish to yourself for the future? Um, That I can work less... As I get older. So I have over the last particularly well, since setting up Hot Team Mama, I've always worked hard, but since setting up Hot Team Mama, I don't really do anything except work. Like I have the kids. Um, so I think my goal in life would be, yeah, my wish for myself is that I can get it to a point where um I can have a slightly better um work-life balance I think anyone running their own business fails on the work-life balance front quite a lot but I would just like to improve it slightly yeah is that for
0: you or is that for the kids to have more time with them or to prioritize time that Bethan wants
1: I think it'd be a mix of both but the thing that's my I'm very lucky having my own business that I work Karis is a gymnast so she's in a squad and um as a result she has training three times a week for two hours so i flex um on mondays and wednesdays i finish work at kind of 250 i pick them up i hang out with them then at five i take care of the gymnastics and i work outside her gymnastics for two hours um so i do and on fridays i'm very passionate i think everybody should work a short day on a friday um but, you know, I work short days and then I work every evening, uh, <laughs> but I work a short day on a Friday so that I could spend time with them. Actually, I think they get a decent amount of me um, and the weekends during the days. Um, I don't work. But Jake and my friends, um, I do not spend enough time with at all. Um, so, yeah, I think it would be prioritising. um friendships um and jake uh rather than more time with the kids because they actually do quite well yeah it's just that i come home once they're in bed i've got a list of things that I have to get done so i don't call my friends or meet up with them for a drink in a in the way that i would historically um so yeah it'll be for that
0: fabulous so on our podcast we have a tradition the mm-hmm. parenting tip jar There it is. Little jar of joy. So I will um, pull out a tip. I'll read from one about either our guests that I've previously been on or our Instagram followers. And then if you could give us your opinion on that, that would be incredible. Okay. Oh,
1: it's a good one.
0: Just keep drinking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Non-specific. Just keep drinking. I love that. Um i'm wholeheartedly support that obviously i have a tea company i'm a tea nerd um so i i was saying to you before we recorded this it's very sad that jake's having meetings in um our kitchen so i couldn't make tea but normally i would have at least two varieties of tea on the go at the same time i very much enjoy a glass of wine um i struggle to drink water because i like hot water not cold water yeah um but as a result that advice is even better because i should drink more water Um, And I think drinking of all varieties of things is helpful. Um, So, yeah, don't drink alcohol constantly all the time. But, um, yeah, variety is the spice of life. I have been knocking back a couple of glasses of red, one
0: glass of red for the last week every night, and I feel like... I'm, I'm a zen queen but I'm like <laughs> oh my god I'll open the fridge and I'm like oh the wine's there <clears> and it's 7am maybe I need to get rid of this wine <laughs> yeah
1: yeah you've got to have the right drink for the right occasion we yeah. actually have like um really small you know like French little bistro wine glasses yes. like, and I'm a huge fan of those because you have one glass which is the equivalent of like if I go to someone else's house for a drink like a third or a quarter of their glasses of wine but you've you've enjoyed the flavor you feel like had it it's enough to like relax you a little bit but it doesn't negatively affect you the next morning so yeah I'm also yeah just keep drinking but in small glasses if it's alcohol (laughs) shot glasses a sambuca
0: on a Tuesday, <laughs> vodka on a Wednesday.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, I've never got back into drinking as much since having kids. I think um, I know some people do, and I do like a do like a glass of wine. But like I say, because we've got these small glasses, I'm um, quite controlled. But I think it's just because a hangover with the kids is. Oh no, thanks. No it's yet to be appealing enough to fully commit Mm-mm. not at all
0: no. well on that note thank yes. you so much for
1: coming on I thanks really for having me it. and it's just been gorgeous it's been very nice um so yeah apologies i do feel bad you've got such a beautiful background oh and i literally have boxes that were missed delivered here rather than to our office <laughs>
0: <laughs> well this is just me dirty kitchen so don't worry about it. this part of the kitchen is filled with shit so <laughs> yeah where i can't see good thank yeah. you that's reassuring <laughs> <laughs> right well thank you very much um and i'll see you soon thanks kerry and that's it all done if you'd like to share your own crazy stories on parent please follow me on instagram and send me your journal entries at mama social core and I promise to keep them anonymous if you want me to also remember to hit follow subscribe share and if you want to leave me a little review I'd really appreciate your feedback so that's it have a great day and see you soon